Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is identifying your limiting beliefs. Let's do this. Hey, Kind of Daters. I'm Natasha Chandel. You're listening to Kind of Dating. In the last episode, I made a really big announcement regarding our dear friend Aisha. Wow, that sounds super ominous, but uh, but it is. <laughs> she's alive. Yeah, she's, she's alive. Um, but if you would like to hear what I said, please go and check out the last episode. It was with Talia Bombola um, uh, on confidence and assertiveness. It's a pretty big announcement. So please go there uh, and check that out. But I want to dive into our our, uh, episode today because I think it's very, very important for a lot of us. Um, I think as humans, as daters, as all of it. Uh, Before we get into it, of course, please, if you like what you hear, screenshot the episode and tag us and tell us what you thought of it. We're at Kinda Dating across the board. And we just launched a new YouTube, which is also Kinda Dating. I think we're deciding what to do uh, to do some different stuff, but I think we're going to cut six questions and put it just on YouTube Mm. um, because it's a little bit longer and, you know, you guys give such great answers. So I want to hear what that is um, from your favorite guests. Uh, It's there. It's going to be on the YouTube channel um, along with all the video episodes of the podcast. Um, Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. What the fuck are you doing if you haven't? Um, no, please just look at your phone, see if you've actually subscribed. It helps us a lot. And tell your friends um, and leave us a five-star rating or review if you do like what you hear. If you don't, I'm Stop sorry, <laughs> but please don't, don't add anything. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. That's all I'll say. Okay. We don't always get it right. Um, but if we don't, just, just ignore us. Mm-hmm. Just go on. Find a different DM podcast. me and tell me to fuck <laughs> off, um, but leave our ratings alone. Mm-hmm. Uh we're also, uh, I'm also on social media, guys. I'm at, at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook, Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Okay, let's get into this let's because this. this is a really, really good topic and I want to talk about it right away. Um, I want to welcome back our friend uh, who was here in the last episode. She's a therapist. She's a business and relationship mentor. Very pregnant mama right now, Talia Bombola. How are you feeling? Good. Still good, pregnant, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, (laughs) it's still surreal. This is probably, I think, this is like the first time it's been public. Oh, well, not that I've yeah, yeah. shame thing. I just forgot. Like, I don't. There's people in my personal life that still don't know. We never made like an announcement or anything. (laughs) My friends were like, "You haven't told people." I'm like, "Whatever." She's like, "How many months?" You? I'm like, seven. She's like, "You might want to tell." I'm like, "I'm a pull Kylie Jenner." I'll be like, "I had a baby." Surprise. Hilarious. Actually, yeah. that sounds like something I would yeah. totally do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's personal. The people who are important to me know, but yeah. I didn't think to make it like this big. That's the weird part about today's society. Mm-hmm. Everything need, does it not need to be public. As it doesn't need to all be an Instagram does. post. Yeah. I know. Here's I, my lunch. Here's my, I don't care. <laughs> but also like sometimes it's a little much, right? When it's people's relationships and their it's kids intrusive, and stuff. But, I'm like, listen, I love, I, it's nice seeing yeah. your child once in a while. But they're not my but- kid. They're not my kid. I don't want to be flooded with this. I didn't sign up to follow you drunk in college, Ashley, to now see you selling Arbon with your two kids. Yeah, it's Camp. it's just much sometimes. Yeah. But like, I do like mm-hmm. searching people when they I see the breakup and all the posts start getting deleted and then I have to go full detective. I'm like, what happened? And I have to DM them. I'm like, right. I saw you and so-and-so aren't together anymore. I'm so sorry for your loss, but... You know, I've honestly curiosity. never paid attention to anybody's oh, fucking feed enough to know if yeah. anybody has. I'm just very like, if somebody wants to tell me something, they'll tell me you. something. Yeah. Well, not just that. I just don't like, I've never at, liked Nosey. prying questions. Yeah. So I'm well, just like, if I you want to tell me. It, so. no, <laughs> <laughs> but what I will tell you is like one piece of advice as yes. a uh, not, you know, an unmarried childless <laughs> woman is uh, please don't invite me to your two-year-old's birthday parties no I'm always like I'm always getting invites to one or two or three-year-old birthdays and I'm like listen boo-boo unless you are my best friend or my family like my cousin or something like that and I have to show up it's not. Fun. I am not trying to spend no, I would a Saturday, spare that Sunday yeah. afternoon because always a Saturday afternoon. Of course, what if that's in your future? 
you should have as many child-free years as humanly possible before you can never have one again. But That's my philosophy. Like, what? Firstly, don't you have friends? Hopefully. <laughs> like, hopefully. Two, and two, like, what do you expect what me to me? contribute yes, yeah. to this event? <laughs> like, you are going to make me look like a pedophile. Like, as a, a woman, person so you have that working for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Know, yeah. I'm like, still like, yeah. would we, are you okay with a childless person hanging Showing around up. the playground? Hey, champ. Yeah, like, like what? No. <laughs> so why do you want me around like an entire <laughs> group Party. of kids? You would like, get cake though. So I don't know if you like cake. You know cake. what? Here's the thing. As a childless person, I probably have a lot more disposable income. I can go buy myself. That's true. You could buy a whole sheet cake. That's true. I can do whatever I want. But if you want a gift, I'll send you a gift. That's a good That's that's totally, you know, okay. But some people are like, no gift, just the presence of your... Did you ask your child that? Your kid is very cute. Do you think little Timmy at two would be like, I just want their presence. No. Gift me. I'm very like, (laughs) why do people... like? And I've had friends follow up. And and so sorry, they're not even close friends. You're like, please just let. They're like go. not even close friends. Like you really want yeah, me to RSVP? Yeah. No, no, rejection. And I and now I just do it right away because it's Smart. literally gotten yeah, to I a mean, point just, yeah, where people are like, "So are you?" No, and I'm like, "No, still no." Understand? <laughs> like I don't want to say I'm not interested in your kids, yeah. but I'm really not interested in your kids. But that's a good way to say it. Just click no. I'm not it attending. has nothing to do with your child, no, right? I it's like it dating. Personally. It's nothing. To yeah, it's not personal. <laughs> Thank no. you. It's just I'd rather do something else on a Saturday night or afternoon. Hey, friends. It's your girl, Natasha Chandale, and I've got some really cool news to share. I'm finally offering one-on-one virtual dating coaching. That's right. You've been sliding in my DMs for years, but let's finally chat face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom. If you're in a dating rut, let's get you out. I'm the friend you never had and the honest dating coach you need. Whether you're in a relationship or looking for one, I'm here to talk through your problem, provide personalized guidance, and find a solution. For all you loyal listeners, you know that I had a string of unhealthy relationships. After escaping an abusive one, I decided to take accountability for my love life, healed myself, and put myself on a path to dating success. I am now in a happy, healthy relationship and want to help empower you in your dating journey too. I want to get you to an empowered state where you're making dating decisions from a positive, secure place. So when the stars align and you meet that right person, you're ready to welcome them. My approach is honest, practical, because I've actually dated in the modern landscape, optimistic, and I tend to go deep. And as a woman of color and an immigrant, I understand the nuances of many cultures. And with my background as a comedian, we'll probably have some laughs along the way. If you're ready to take control of your dating life, let's chat. Go to our new website, www.kindadating.com slash services for 50% off your first introductory session. That's right, 50% off your first introductory dating coaching session. Go to www.kindadating.com slash services and book your dating coaching session with me today. Talk soon. So we're talking about limiting beliefs. Today. We are. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, rant over. <laughs> um, Definitely invited to all of your birthdays. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't hear what she wanted from that, she wants to I know, challenge I'm get this limiting belief. with yeah. everybody's... Uh, <laughs> just come one time. It'd be fun. Birthday <laughs> invite. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, um, so in the last episode, you mentioned you are married. You are living the life with a burly fireman, yeah. former baseballer. Yep. Love it. Um, you And you you are having a baby, your first baby. Yep. Uh, very excited. Congratulations Thank in you. advance. Yeah. Um, so we got that out of the way. And now we're talking about limiting beliefs. Um, for people who just... I feel like it's a little self-explanatory, but for people who might not know what that means, what are limiting beliefs? I think it helps to start with like what a belief is mm. because we've heard it described probably like what are your political beliefs, your religious beliefs, and usually it's based on, it's a thought or a feeling that you hold or uphold on a certain ideology or a certain position or stance on something, generally speaking, to define a belief. So a limiting belief would be a stance that you have about something or a viewpoint or thought that you have about something that in some way is winnowing down too much and it's stopping you from growing 
in that area or in another area where that belief would be reliant upon growth rather than limitation. So in dating, when you're looking at limiting beliefs, things like I'm not good enough, no one's ever going to love me, uh, it's never going to work out, no one's looking for commitment, kind of trite things that float through society that you hear it and you're like, oh, that's a good attribution for why I must be single. And then you keep it as a limiting belief and you don't bother to examine other possibilities or other beliefs. I think religion can be a, a prime example in terms of there are multiple belief systems. There's not just one, depending on if you ask a Catholic person or not, they will say like it's the one true faith, but like there are other beliefs out there. Whether you agree with them or not is up to you as a person. It's up to you though, to find your own personal philosophy and belief, ideally one that isn't limiting in dating and that isn't too unrealistic or too pie in the sky that it wouldn't come true because limiting beliefs can be negative or self-critical. They could also be to a certain level of delusion. Like we joked in the last episode, everybody's going to be in love with me. I'll be married by 30. Like there's also limiting beliefs in the upper upper limit and lower limit directions, I think. It's also funny, right? Because your your beliefs must change, right? Because as a kid, I thought, and it's funny because I don't believe in uh, in marriage mm-hmm, and um it doesn't mean I don't believe in a monogamous relationship just right, me I'm right, not a fan right, of rituals right so uh I used to be part of a cult it's like a whole thing that, you know but that so I'm very like I don't Absolutely. I don't like these yeah. things um but uh because of that it's like but I remember being young and thinking I'm going to be married by the time I'm 24 mm-hmm. and I'm going to have two kids or my first kid by 26 and like two kids by whatever. You know, you just think yeah. like that's how it's, yes, that's how that's it's, how it's supposed, supposed to be. To be. Yeah. Um, and you kind of tell yourself that over and mm-hmm. over. And I'm that's sure part of a lot of like m- mine evolved really quickly by the time I was 18. I was sure. like, Ooh, I, I don't actually think I like any of these things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it, before, if you don't, there are a lot of people going through life, like you said, in the opposite type yes. of limiting belief yeah. that this has to happen by this time. Yes. And then they're crushed. Yes. They're either when, forcing it to happen or they're crushed when it doesn't happen. And then we have to. Uh, and then it creates yeah. a different limiting yes, belief. Exactly. I'm sure. Then I guess I must have been wrong. Oh, right. It goes sometimes quickly into the negative. And I, I invite my clients to question themselves in a kind way where did you hear that from? Where did you learn that from? And that's what I talked about in the last episode, the shoulds, when anybody is shoulding on themselves or says that they should do something. My first question is, says who? According to what? According to, and sometimes they're like, well, according to my religion, according to my family, my this. Okay. I can play ball with that. Absolutely. However, there are often times where people are like, oh, I don't even know if, oh, and they go on this internal journey and they're like, I think I was like four and my kindergarten teacher told me whatever aha moment epiphany, boom, belief planted. Whether it was limiting sometimes to be revealed because it could be something that grows you in the beginning, but then like religion is one that I go back to because sometimes people have either a staunch of like, I'm not religious at all, or I have this kind of faith or religious background that does evolve over time. There's usually like a spiritual or religious moratorium that people go through around the college age where they either stay within the faith they were raised in or they have kind of like what the Amish do. I kind of parallel it to like a rumspringa where they're allowed to go party this, that, whatever, and then choose, do you want to stay Amish or do you want to go live more of like a civilian life? We all go through that moratorium phase when we're discovering ourselves, usually it's at that college age, 18 to 24, because those are pivotal years. Now we have emerging adulthood on the horizon. We see that especially because of COVID. We're not just a teenager goes till 18. And then what 18 year old do you know that is actually stable enough emotionally, financially, or otherwise to be like a full grown adult and raise a family like it was back in the fifties. Like lifespan's also much different. So we don't need to be hitting these milestones so early on. So being able to look at where these beliefs came from makes a huge difference because it could be a generational or cultural belief that's been passed down to you that simply doesn't fit anymore with where your life is at or where you want it to go in society. So I think most every belief is worth examining. And really, especially if they are limiting to you, we got to do away with them and replace them with a more expansive belief instead. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially in the dating world, uh, you know, if it doesn't come from their childhood, it comes from some dating experience or a uh, magazine or right. a book or a well-meaning yeah. person oh well you when you know you know what does that even oh i hate that what i hate that i'm no. literally releasing a video about that <laughs> specific well, thing well you know I hate when it. it's 
you're more likely to know when it's not the right fit. I'm just going to say that. Like, there's an immediate ick, usually not like the social ick that we've joked about before now more so, but it's like there's a repulsion in your body when somebody's not a right fit. It's more honest to say you'll know when it's not when the you, one. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You'll for, you almost for sure know when it's not the one because your body's like, yuck. Oh. You might not know if it is the one and what even is the one. You could have multiple ones. That's the thing. Yeah. And I'm always, I, to me, I'm very much like, if you knew they were the one, you should have married them on day two. Yeah. But you didn't. You yeah. waited, right? You yeah. waited because you wanted somebody to show up over yes. and over again for the way you wanted yes. and you needed. And then they did. Yes. And so it's really just like a summation yep. of events. Mm-hmm. It's data gathering. Yep. And that's what it is. And then at some point, you know. Yes. And you did. And yes. then you you married them. Exactly. And I'm like, but everybody looks back like, well, I knew from day one, the moment I saw them, I'm like, fuck you. No, you didn't because you didn't go to a chapel. Yeah, exactly. You should have taken them yeah. right there and then. Because yeah. um, other people would have judged you. Yeah. But also I think like when, especially for guys, like they, they go out and if they get rejected or, um, girls sometimes Mm -hmm. like we have some of these limiting beliefs, like I don't, uh, I don't go up to a guy, like guys come up to me Yeah. or I don't know how to flirt. That's the perfect definition of a limiting belief. Men will approach me or I don't approach men. Men only approach me. Yeah. It's like Katie Heron and Mean Girls. I know I made that another reference in the last episode. It's, it's like great candy movie. canes. I don't send them. I just get them. Like, okay, what about my? I'm just I'm too pretty, and I think that's why people just don't hit on me. No, I was a bitch. I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror one time years ago when I was single in a bar, and I'm like, oh, that's what people meant when they said I looked unapproachable because I did. Oh yeah, but I, used to I get that because all the time. I didn't want to be approached Con- subconsciously for sure. Consciously, I didn't either. But then I would yeah. complain and lament to my friends. Why does no one ever hit on me? And then I saw, I was like, oh, geez, like she looks scary. Yeah. She was me. And it's also like, I mean, the simple repeated belief and narrative we keep telling ourselves of like, guys are dicks. There's oh, no good, no good oh, men out there. That's started. just, and the more we keep saying that, yes. the more we yeah. find a way to make that a reality. Yes. Right? Because we like yes. to be right. Yes. We like to we feed prefer, our ego. Yes. Yeah. We prefer to live from that position of not, I mean, sometimes people like to be righteous, but people often prefer congruency and what I believe is actually what I'm seeing, but that can go haywire to your point about like misogyny and misandry. If my, my philosophy is you can't date men if you hate men and you can't date women if you hate women. And if you are in those dispositions mentally or those are your limiting beliefs, all men will fail. Um, Men are worthless pieces of shit. Women are all bitches that cheat. Whatever your colloquial limiting belief is, why are you surprised then when either you manifest a person who embodies that or you slowly chip away at the relationship until that person has no choice either to leave or become that because you're not shifting the way you view a person? So limiting beliefs do, they're so pervasive in dating, in the beginning of dating, as well as actually in relationships. That's a lot of what I work on as a couples therapist. Where did this belief come from that your partner's one day going to up and leave? Well, my dad fill in the blank or my mom fill in the blank. Where did this belief come from that all married people cheat? Well, growing up, my dad had six wives. Like, I want to know where this belief came from or what shaped you to feel that it was so true. You never bothered to question if it's even accurate for your life and your choices. <laughs> it's so interesting you bring up that point where you said like if you hate men you can't date men if you hate women you well, can't you date expect? women yeah. because um I remember I went back and forth with somebody on our Instagram once who was saying that he hates women because mm-hmm. he says like a 10 rejected him and they always reject him uh, and then I had to sadly turn it around and be like so you want a 10, but a 10 can't want a 10. Mm-hmm. Like why? It, nobody's rejecting you as a person. Mm-hmm. They're just, again, mm-hmm. we're not, we're it's not attracted yeah. to every single yeah. human on that's, the face of this yeah. earth. Like that's how the species survives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like there's no nice way of saying that, but some people, they themselves will identify as like, well, I'm like a six. Okay, yes. so if you're a self-identified six and you want a 10, because yeah. I'm sure everybody mm-hmm. fucking wants a 10, mm-hmm. but like a 10 isn't allowed to want that. And mm-hmm. and so it's I'm like, wh- what is yeah. the... But there's that that winning quality. And I do think, uh, what was that? Uh, I think it was like a year ago where like incel was the very common term for involuntary celibate, where it's unfortunately, social. from what I've heard described as this, if I'm inaccurate, let me know. But it's like, 
the the societal construct where the guy never had a chance to really go out or that he did try to make the attempt. He was confident at one point or really was brave and courageous at one point and was shut down by somebody in the way they could have said it could have been totally different and changed that whole trajectory. But that plants the belief, right? That first attachment piece. And from that point forward, all people in the absolute sense are going to fall in that category. And there's something to be said for having a like true disdain and hatred for a specific group of people, obviously, like we see how terrible that is with like, with racism, with sexism, yes. like having those Just prejudices and the, the being bigoted. It's so, un, it's so crucial and necessary, not only for the survival of our species, but the survival of dating to examine and stop hating the other, whatever the other might be. Because if we do look at that, then what part of us is afraid of that? Why am I so against this version of this person? Or why am I so against men in general or women in general? And if I don't respect them, if I don't value them, if I don't think they have inherent worth and value, why the hell would I expect somebody of whatever group to date me if I think of them as subhuman? So that already is like one of the major limiting beliefs I work on with women that they're so contemptuous towards men and they're so judgmental and they think men are not worthy of respect, yet they're wanting this ideal dream partner, this belief of like, I'm going to be married by 24. Not with that attitude, you're not. Like, I wouldn't want to date you. You sound like a nightmare. Yikes. Yeah. And also like we just, yeah, we, uh, you know, I've said this many times on the show, but Eckhart Tolle has this quote and I always paraphrase it because I fuck it up. But he basically says like, the ego is so stupid. He doesn't use the word stupid. That's me paraphrasing. But he says the ego is so stupid that it would rather be right Mm-hmm. And you suffer. Mm-hmm. So be right in saying that mm-hmm. guys worthless, are terrible. They're trash. Yeah. They're trash. They and can't so, commit. Yeah. And so you'll keep finding that mm-hmm. and you will keep suffering mm-hmm. rather than you be wrong, mm-hmm. but be at peace. Mm-hmm. And when I learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, it is so true yeah. that like, then we just find ways that feed this narrative and yes. we find those people and we attract yes. those people that feed that narrative. And it further confirms it. And if, if to the example of the guy that you were going back and forth on Instagram, if all it takes is one, doesn't that then work in both directions? If all it takes is one woman ruining it, wouldn't you give the same chance to another person to make it right? If all it took was one guy cheating on you, whatever fill in the blank behavior you wouldn't want to tolerate that shifted your entire ideal of an entire dating pool. Like, first of all, very powerful experience. Please go to therapy because that no one should ever have that much power over you. Even if it was truly impactful, like we have to move on past that. And if one person could shift every single person of that group of people, wouldn't the alternate also be true that all it would take is one positive experience with the person and a reparative experience with the person to be like, oh, not all fill in the blanks of this type of group of person or people are like that. I have now opened my eyes. I am willing to be wrong. I'm willing to see where I was limiting myself before. And all it takes is one. If you're wanting to be in a monogamous relationship, truly, you just need to shift your mind to one person and commit to that person. And that's what matters. Yeah, there's going to be people out there of, you know, the man or woman dating group who are assholes, bitches, non-monogamous, whatever you want to call, you know, cheating and fidelitous. But that doesn't mean you have to partner with those people let them stay in the dating pool, pick the partner that you want, stop projecting onto every other person you're dating, the misery and the bullshit that other people in the past put you through. Then you're coast, you're having, you're kind of, uh, inviting somebody to collude with you in your limiting belief, which is not healthy either. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. I mean, where can people start to identify their limiting beliefs? Uh, I know at some point it requires like introspection and honesty, uh, but that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, People want to stay asleep. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, also, that's such a, I'm so glad you said that because I've always had this real annoyance with people being annoyed with being woke. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so you would rather be asleep. Mm -hmm. Like you just but you're calling one a sheep yeah. over another. Anyway, yeah, yeah. this is a very different conversation. Yeah. But like- They don't want to take accountability for what part they might be playing in their either- Honestly, sometimes people don't want to take a look at what they've played in their success. Like what leads you to have a great relationship? They're like, I don't know, just work. Like they're not even examining the hard work they've done to get there, but it also works in the converse. Well, what 
why are you co-contributing with people? Why are you picking people who won't commit, who cheat, who treat you like shit, whatever? Either you view yourself that way or you are under the impression other people view you that way. Therefore, you need to find a partner who further confirms that belief, that limiting belief. So yes, introspection is the first step I and self-awareness. I think those are almost uh, synonymous in this case. Being able to question yourself if you are operating on something that feels so robotic, like it's a program operating in the background, like you need to have a software update on it. If you've not examined some of these beliefs or where they come from, oftentimes it actually doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to a parent or it belongs to some well-meaning mentor along the way that planted that seed and that you chose to pick up the gardening tools and foster it. But just like with a garden, you got to weed it out every now and then, ideally more than that. But you have to water and tend to it. You just can't plant a seed. It's not like a succulent. <laughs> but sometimes our limiting beliefs are like succulents. Like those suckers will stay despite drought, despite this, despite <laughs> you're like, how are you still alive? And then I can't keep an orchid alive to save my life. They're so complex and you have to put bark in this. And people are like, oh, fuck it. This is going to take too much time. I'm not, it's not worth it. But if you started to look at it like kind of the paradox, if you think that changing the belief isn't worth it, then deeper than that, do you think that you are worth it? Yes, then mm. change the belief. Because if you at the core are worth it at the end of the day, then anything you do in service of your worth is something that is growth oriented rather than it being like, well, it's not worth it to change your entire view and find a partner. Like, I think that's pretty much the most worthwhile task a lot of people go on. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people also live in a fantasy world where I'm sure people are listening to this episode and going, but yeah, but I don't do that. I don't I don't have those kinds of beliefs. You exactly are the person who does. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right? But I think uh, also it's like if if it's hard to do all that internal work and please correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, Talia, I think a simple thing to also do is to like Think of the conversations you have with your friends. Yeah. What are the repeated statements yeah. you guys say back to I each just other? Ask, is this helpful? And like that, because I'm sure we all, we all voice our limiting <laughs> oh, beliefs yes. all, the time, all the time, right? Yes. So like whether it's to your partner, whether it's to your family, yeah. whether it's to your friends, usually to our friends, we always say what yeah. we feel about something. So start that awareness process of like looking at your conversations with your friends mm -hmm. and going, oh, shoot that person keeps saying the statement to me. I keep saying the statement yes. back to my friend. Yeah. Like, what is that repeated thing you're saying, whether it's about yourself, about dating in general, about um, uh, the other gender mm -hmm. or any gender, uh, about sex. Like, think about whatever it is you're saying um, and see if there's a repeated pattern because that is the big limiting belief you have is the one that you repeat over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Everybody I love will always leave me. Nobody's trustworthy. Like there's also like, we look at it in schema therapy, like there's certain self schema, other schema, worldview schema that can either be positive schemas like frameworks and maps or negative schemas. So shifting from negative to positive can also often feel like a lie because if you've been stuck in a negative framework for so long, telling yourself the literal opposite feels like bullshit. Like that's why sometimes positive psychology doesn't work because people are like, I'm the best ever. It's like, no, like that's just delusion, right? We're not going to replace <laughs> I, I am a piece of shit with I am the shit. Like that's more of like narcissistic tendency or narcissistic functioning. It's really more about what is neutral. I'm not the best, but I'm not the worst. This is this could be true that people have commitment issues, but it's scientifically impossible for everybody in the world to have commitment issues. Like, where can we go from a negative to a neutral schema, eventually going to a more positive schema? And that's where taking the limiting beliefs and making them more expansive would also benefit from being more neutral. How can I look at this objectively? How could I look at this without the twinge of shame or guilt or whatever other emotion I might be bringing to it? And how can I be more honest and neutral and look at what the circumstance is on the surface rather than everything I'm bringing to it and projecting onto it? Kind of daters. Are you a catch but not getting any matches on your dating app profile? Then Profile Booster is perfect for you. It's a brand new service offered by Kinda Dating to optimize your dating app profile so you can reflect the best version of yourself online and get the matches you deserve. With sometimes five pictures and three prompts, it's hard to showcase your full self. You'll be working with me, Natasha Chandale, a dating expert and professional screenwriter, and Luis Miranda, a veteran brand strategist with a track record of success. 
Oh, and we're a real-life couple. After a string of our own failed relationships and shitty dates, Luis and I individually decided to get more intentional about our love lives. We crafted dating app profiles that stood out, were memorable, and were authentically us. We matched on a dating app just three weeks before the pandemic lockdown and recently celebrated our three-year anniversary this year. Since then, we've successfully helped friends do the same and now want to help you. We'll customize a plan just for you so you can showcase your authentic voice and image to attract the right match for you. Ready to boost your love life? Profile Booster is available now at an incredibly affordable price. Visit www.kindadating.com services and let's transform your dating profile and get you more matches today. Do you think that people lean on these beliefs, especially these limiting beliefs, in order to avoid making change or facing the problem? Because mm-hmm. it's just easier to say, well, this is a blanket truth. Yeah, women are unreliable, whatever the belief is. It is easier because it not only further confirms what you've been telling yourself your whole life, it is something that because you're familiar with it, what's familiar doesn't necessarily mean what's healthy. What's familiar isn't necessarily the right thing for you, right? In this case, not being like a morality quest, but more of like, is this the most beneficial, most growth-oriented belief I could have? And that is another question to ask yourself if you're finding a lot of limiting beliefs or shoulds or schemas that are very, uh, they're the opposite of the direction you want to be going in in your life. You have to examine them differently. That's like the number one thing that I work on with my clients is where did this belief come from? Does it serve you anymore? And if not, what can we replace it with? And yes, it will be work it's not for the faint of heart doing this kind of level of in-depth, especially analytically, like don't sign up to play in the deep end. If you don't know how to swim, like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, but there's ways to like put your big toe in the water or sit on the stair of the psychic metaphoric pool and still learn and still change those beliefs. So maybe they're not as limiting. They're still limiting, but they're not as uh, violently opposed or diametrically opposed. And you actually leave space for somebody to surprise you or for somebody to prove you wrong. And I think that's a mindset shift that I work on with a lot of my clients. I'm like, okay, well, if you're not willing to change it entirely, are you willing at all for the next three months to look at the world differently, to potentially be proven wrong or to be proven incorrect, whatever word won't uh, activate them too much. And oftentimes clients are up for that challenge. They're like, okay. Cause usually they project it onto me of like, well, if not, then you're wrong. I'm like, well, I'm never wrong. I'm, just I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> no, I, I can admit to it. But about this, I'm usually not wrong because of the data. You're going to collect three months worth of data points. You're telling, unless you have exclusively sniffed out the radar for people who are only whatever negative scheme and you have like two friends who confirm it, it's almost impossible that you wouldn't find something to the alternate if you're tuning kind of your receiver to that. But that's like the negative sentiment override in relationships. When we're underslept, when we're resentful, when we're overworked, we will see all the negatives in our partnership, even when the positives are still happening oh, nice that you brought me flowers, but what about the dishes? It's like, you're admitting it. Like you're verbalizing, you see the positives, but you're so hell-bent on the negatives that that's what you're hyper-focusing on. We need to hyper-focus on the positives and not focus as much on the negatives. Let those go like water under the bridge and you'll see whoever you're trying to date or yourself in a whole new light. And what do you think about uh, positive affirmations? Unless, and this is maybe just me that thinks this, unless you have done the deep work to understand the need for you to use positive affirmations, they often feel like BS. I'm not saying they have no effect. It's better to use them than not use them at all. I would definitely say that. However, if left unexamined, where does that need spurn from? Why are you struggling to the point? And this isn't a shame-based question. Like, I'm genuinely curious. Why are you struggling to the point that saying those three things in the mirror every morning, either you want it to make such a big impact or it does make such a big impact. What else then can we add on that would make an even bigger impact? I'm, I'm more of a fan of neutral affirmations. And then that's a stepping stone to get to a positive affirmation. I am a big fan of affirmations. If you're not changing anything else in your life and you're just like icing a pile of shit, it's still going to be a pile of shit at the end of the day just with some icing on it. So, And I think that's like the big key, right? Because I think affirmations and a lot of that concept came 
or became a lot more prevalent around like the secret and uh, you know the law of attraction. <laughs> so thoughts feel, become become thought, yeah. what you want and embody yeah. it and just emulate and all these e words and you're just like Ugh, like I mean their specific yeah. line is yeah. thoughts become yes. things yes. right. So it's like oh okay well you have this limiting thought so say yes. the opposite yeah. version of that thought and it'll automatically become a thing. No, you have to live it. You have to embody That's, it. You have to be it. And you can't just sit there on the couch being like embodying, manifesting to the point of like, I am the perfect partner. I have the perfect partner. I am married with this and never leave your house, never go on a dating app, never like what is order. You want the pizza delivery guy to be your guy? Like you're really not giving yourself opportunity to prove that manifestation or belief right. That's where you have to take action, like aligned actions and change the beliefs and change how you're showing up. It all has to come together for that to have a higher likelihood of coming true. I definitely think manifestation is a thing. I've manifested some things in my life, but I also know I had to do a shit ton of work to change who I was, what I believed and how I showed up for that thing to come into my life. Because it probably tried to enter multiple times, but I hated men. I, I had all these limiting beliefs that I would swat away even the nicest of guys. I was like a good luck Chuck for a while. I'm like, oh, you're so nice. Goodbye. And they'd marry the next girl. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like what? And I'm like, oh, because I'm mean and I don't like men. And that would probably be why this relationship would have failed. I had to shift my beliefs around men to even have a chance at being with the guy that I'm with now, let alone having such a successful relationship. Don't get me wrong. We still have conflicts, but we do it respectfully. We've never yelled. We've never name called. Like those were rules we set for ourselves. And like, I think three months in, like very early on. And we've adhered to them because we have similar beliefs in the positive direction and where we're different. We knew that from the start and we didn't try and change each other. Had I been any previous version of me, I would have either dumped him really quickly, shamed him out of being who he really was and not seen him for him. The only reason why I was able to choose him in entirety is I gave him a chance to show me who he really was. We obviously make modifications for our partners, mostly in like the day-to-day things like, oh, could you tuck in your chair? Like little things like that that are just polite requests. But I never tried to change him as a person. I wasn't like, no, you don't like golf. No, you don't like this. No, you don't like watching sports. I knew that was part of the package when I partnered with him. And then I learned how to navigate around it versus being like, all men, all they want to do is watch sports on the weekends. So instead of shaming them, I did some research and understanding oh, they actually get some satisfaction out of watching winning and a team. And like, I try to do some of the neuroscience to it, which allows me to be super empathetic where I can put my foot down some weekends. (laughs) And I'm like, and we're going to take a break. Like you can miss one game or watch it while we go do something else. And he'll be like, okay. Versus if I tried to make him something he wasn't, he would be resentful. And then I'd get everything I want. And he'd just be sitting there like, great. Am I your puppet? Like we had, I had to change a lot of those limiting beliefs to be successful. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because my partner and I talk about that all the time where I'm mm-hmm. like, you would not have liked me oh, if no. this was even a few years ago. No. I was like, you would not have. I would have been attracted to him. Yeah. I would have been like, you're too secure. Yeah. You're too kind. You're too simple. You're too, all these things that are actually genuine, respectful compliments. I don't want an overcomplicated, dramatic, tumultuous, fucked up family system, whatever. Like I used to be like, oh, I could fix him. Ugh. I know. I know. Oh, oh my God. I was I just shudder texting. I at the thought. Oh gosh. I was texting with a girlfriend yesterday and I was like, uh, cause she is in a very happy relationship. She's like, oh my God, we're obsessed with each other. He's yeah. the one. And I was like, great. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And, and I was like, but remember when we were like, I said, do you ever think about Let's go back the people to the you used to be obsessed with? Oh, yeah. And you're like, what the yeah. fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine that person no, now. I'm I, like, I, I don't even know that I'd be having a metaphorical seat at the table with them for good reason. I would never. And that shows if, such a sign it, of growth. Yeah. And it yes. feels like, I mean, because I, 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 I'm very um, analytical. I really analyze a lot and I do a lot of introspection mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I like that phase of my life, of my life, which was a very long phase yeah. of my life feels like madness now. Like it actually feels like madness. Yes. I was like, what was my thought process? Yeah. Was it just immaturity? I know part of it was anger. I know a lot of it was-, it was your early 20s? Yeah, my, you know, yeah. and especially that that idea of like, I used to be very jaded and I, I know all the reasons I got mm-hmm. cheated on many times, but like, mm-hmm. 
there was a point you shut down. There's a point you just become so jaded. Yeah. You're just angry. I hated if a guy tried to open a door right. for me. And like everything just was irritating. Irritating. And I remember sending cuss off emails. Like, oh, yeah. you know, sorry, email texts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like just long yeah. ass giant things. They're not reading that. I remember they sitting don't read, there. They don't read those. And of course. And if they do, they were probably laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I got those later. Yeah. And, and I if was they laughing. responded and fought back, red flag. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember pining over people. People have heard it on the podcast. Yeah. I was like obsessed with some people, yeah. you know? And you're like, it's just some weird madness that I know nobody thinks that they can ever get out of. Oh, you can. And yeah, yeah and I'm like, we're sitting yeah. examples here of people who are like, oh yeah, we did it. But yeah. I do think it it was a big thing I've had of identifying. I myself. Yeah, yeah. Identifying the belief and then making the change. Yes. Because like, it's interesting. Yours was like, you weren't into the nice guy. Mine was, I literally kept saying guys are dicks. Mm-hmm. So I just always saw shitty men. Mm-hmm. And then I, I changed it into the nice guys exist. That's it. It was yep. a simple thing of saying yes. nice yes. guys exist yes. and then seeking those people. Yes. So then when I kept saying that and I met a guy and he seemed not so nice, I was like, Maybe no, he's nice not guys nice. exist. Yeah, yes, and exactly. Then, and then like focusing my attention. And, and then when I saw yes. people doing nice things, I would acknowledge it and I would like be more attracted to them. And a lot of those people, it didn't work out. But I have also talked about this a lot on the show, which is like the, that shift once I made it was so distinct. Like it was so clear. It was like after that, I didn't really date terrible people. And I, and now, I find those people disgusting. <laughs> like, like yeah. not even, not even like, attractive. yeah, just no. fucking like they're gross. They're gross yeah. to me. Like not a match. No, our early twenties, especially as women are like fraught with the bad boy complex because there's bad boys are hot because they have integrity. They don't do what they don't want to do. They do what they want to do. And they're like, I'm going to buy a motorcycle. I'm going to do this. And we're like, oh my God, that's so hot. Because in our adolescence, we also strive to be that person, the confidence and assertiveness piece of like, I want to stand up to my parents. I want to do these things. I wanted that. Here's this dude who embodies it. Plus he's hot in whatever way. Not everybody goes for the motorcycles guy. Let's say you did though in your early twenties, you tame the beast, right? You, you turn the beast into the guy that he turns into at the end. And then by the time you're 40, you're like, really, Brad, we're still not over the motorcycles. Like grow up. That, that, that trait is only hot in like those more Machiavellian qualities are only hot in the early twenties because primally your young would survive the best with somebody like we, and when you look at it from an evolutionary perspective, whether you want kids or not, there is that instinctual drive. Then you shift from that use. This also goes back to the guy who was messaging in those got the nice guys or the incels as it were are often in this cusp where they're overlooked where in their similar age group, girls want to date older. And then guys in an older age group want to date younger. So no matter which way you look at it, there's going to be a decade or a certain age gap that's getting screwed over. And that's also where limiting beliefs can come from or the certain type of guy. The bad boys are the sought after ones in the beginning. So the girls go for there and the nice guys are just patiently waiting, building their income, their whatever else. Eventually, hopefully that the women wake up and are like, okay, I don't want to just date the bad boys anymore. I'm sick of crying. This can't be what love is. They give the nice guy a chance. Sometimes it's an older nice guy. So we're still missing that similar age nice guy bracket. Like it's almost like a no-win situation. But if you look at what could come of changing those beliefs earlier, I think it would change a lot of the systemic problems that we have in society if we were all willing to do an overhaul, which I think social media can help with. But then you look on the flip side of it now, guys, you're getting called simps for actually caring. It's like we put ourselves in these no-win situations. When you look at the type of guy that you want to go for, you should look back. This is a rare case. I will use that word. You should look back three, five, 10 years before and not even recognize the type that you had then because you and likely the other person have come so far. That's not attractive anymore. I used to love the edgy bad boys, like the more felonies, the better, like the more broken. I'm like, Oh, I can tend to you. I can fix you. And I remember joking with my brother because I dated a guy who was very much like the Vin Diesel, fast and furious, like knuckle tattoos, definitely probably killed somebody from where they were from. Like just so edgy, like so, but because I viewed myself as so in need of protection and I didn't want anyone to come near me, I picked a guy who ensured no one would come near me. Sadly, including my own family, it came to a breaking point where I was invited everywhere, but he was not. And I was put in a position 
I thank my parents for this. I was put in a position where I had to choose my healthy, dysfunctional, but also healthier than his dysfunctional family or somebody who likely would have put me in my grave. So I had to make that decision and I had to choose to stop loving that person. And sure enough, he was a diagnosed narcissist, very hot traits, but I was very thick in my codependency. Perfect storm, human magnet syndrome. I would never go for him now, ever. Yeah, and uh, I definitely have a string of those those oh, yeah. types of guys in relationships. And I found um, when I looked back, I was like, oh, wow, they were actually so one-dimensional. Like, yeah. they're so lame. And such a mirror for where I was at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but like, if you even analyze it, very few, like, most of them don't know how to make conversation. Mm -hmm. Most of them have nothing really great. Like they'll say the same things over and over again yeah. if you start paying attention, yep. Yep. you know, and you're like, most of them have not lived a life. They, they, they but they act they, like they, they have. Yes, exactly. And, they and have like, the but they have nothing to add to conversations. Like yeah. really, truly one dimensional yeah. people and I've, I've just, I've dated so many of those guys that I was like, what was I thinking? But I, I admit it, it was just truly that like they were hot. That was yeah. it. And, oh, and sure. like how much we justify yeah. just because somebody yeah. is attractive. Well, we have like, boundaries and standards unless somebody's hot or rich. Yeah. It, it, oh my God. Listen, well, don't think, even get well, me just think about it, right? Okay, Why I'm, is she with him? He's a billionaire. Oh, that makes sense. If he weren't a billionaire to be determined, who knows if they would actually partner? Obviously, people are hopefully more than one dimensional, but that is a strong evolutionary pull. Could this person be a protector and or provider? And if they're hot and rich and huge and buff, sign me up. No, <laughs> my partner's already <laughs> that. But that that would be like the trifecta. Yeah. Like you can protect me, you can provide for me, and you're there for me as a partner, and you're not going to kill me, ideally, and you're going to provide for our offspring if we have them. That's the person who's going to win out because that pull instinctually is so strong but when we're young, it's like, oh, they're hot. Oh, they're rich. Oh, they're this. And we put up with a lot of shit that we otherwise wouldn't if that person were a, to, to your you know, joke earlier. If they're like a five or below, we would probably not be putting up with some of the things we do because that primal drive is like, except your kids have a higher chance of being liked in society if they're attractive. So mate with them and be like, well, but I don't really like them. It's fine. They're hot. Like we make so many rationalizations if somebody has a resource that we think would help us. Oh my God. We're the fucking worst. I used to, <laughs> I used to work at MTV, um, uh, especially at the height of MTV and uh, I was at MTV news. So we would have every celebrity known mm -hmm. to man come through mm -hmm. our door mm -hmm. And whenever they came, you know, there are some that you look at and you're like, wow, you are attractive. Yeah. And there's a lot that are not. Yeah. And uh, like, I won't name names. There are some people that you are like, oh, you are not no. anything. Yeah. And um, like objective three, you know, mm -hmm. but they're rich. And the amount of chicks I used to see come into our studio, like employees yeah. who used to try to like groupy yeah, yeah. these guys. And I was like, if this person walked by you in real life, you, I promise you, you would never look at them. But everybody looks at them because, and it's the same with stand-ups, right? Comedians are the same way. I was telling my boyfriend this. I was like, female stand-ups, we don't get hit on. Male stand-ups get hit on all the time. Constantly. And a lot of them are, you, they got a sense of humor because they didn't find themselves attractive. Yes. So if any of them walked yeah. by, and there's some that are so like low key. But what did I say in the first episode? What turns me on is humor. Yes. Because my eyes are closed most That's of the exactly time. So it. I don't have to see you. So I don't know what you look like. So I'm laughing. Yeah. It doesn't but, matter what you look like. But especially when they get successful. But it's a bond, yes. You're funny and yeah. you're successful. Like everybody yes. wants to jump them. You're magnanimous. You know? Other people want you. And there's that, that piece of that's why women also look at married men. Not every woman. I'm not making this stereotype. Like all men are all women we often look at what that person goes and goes, oh, wait, somebody else liked them enough to tie them down. I wonder what they have to provide. It's it's very primal. And unless you're <laughs> focusing so on yeah. that, you wouldn't understand it. But you look at that and go like, oh, he's a provider. He's a, you don't know what kind of husband or father he is or what have you, especially if you are the type to go hit on them and they're hitting on you back. Clearly, you wouldn't maybe want to be partnered with someone like that. But if somebody else wants something, I'm curious as to why they want that thing. And that does come through in these beliefs too, because we have those beliefs of like, well, somebody else thought they were good enough for that. They must be. Let me go find that. It's like, no, that's a sign of avoidant attachment. You can't, it's illegal. It's called bigamy. You can't marry somebody who's already married, unfortunately, for, for you, if that's what you're into. Yeah. That's a sign that you're avoidant. 
because you're going for somebody who can't actually commit to you. Mm-hmm. You're not even aware that that's a limiting belief that you have. You're just looking at what the behavior is on the surface. My job is to help you analyze why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you like who you like? Why are you not going for who you should be going for? Or why are you going for all these people and you don't like them? Oh, because if I brought them home to my parents and I'm like, are your parents going to be in your life forever? Sadly, no. If we have to look at it objectively, they're going to die, hopefully in a very long time, but far before you are going to pass away, you have a life to build. You have to be okay with separating and individuating respectfully from your family of origin, honoring whatever cultural beliefs or values that you want to sustain and build your own life. And that is where I often work the most in dating coaching is getting out of those family, familial limiting beliefs, because that's changing the whole dating pool of how people are looking at what their dating pool is even. Oh, you mean I can date people who aren't lawyers? I'm like, yes, in fact, I recommend it. <laughs> like, That would be great. No, all of this stuff is so fascinating. And I could, again, keep talking to you about this forever, but I know that uh, we have to wrap this episode <laughs> out. Talia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was such a such a treat to have you. Um, how can everyone find you in your work and all the fun stuff? Instagram, mostly. That's where I'm personally, I'm the most active. I have a ha- assistant who helps me with the other platforms. So that's at Talia Bombola. Same thing with TikTok and all my podcasts are on YouTube. Uh, I have Between Two Clinicians, which is a playoff of Between Two Ferns. Please don't sue me. Uh, the Couples Guide podcast and Heal Through Humor. And I will interview other therapists and dating coaches and people in the mental health space, obviously with jokes included about various topics, people pleasing, relationships, men and women, you know, the beliefs, the limiting beliefs and where they come from. And I think that was, yeah, everything. That's where people can find me. Love it. And guys, remember, uh, all of uh, Talia's uh, social media and websites and all of her stuff will be in the show notes of this episode. So please make sure you follow her. Thank you again for being on. Of course. You're welcome. Um, and guys, follow us. We're uh, at Kinda Dating across the board on social media. I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram, Facebook, Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Thank you guys so much for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, please screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. And finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandale. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. And we only sound great thanks to our producer and audio engineer, Adam Pineless. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.